3: says Wednesday, August 21st, 2019. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, media mogul Byron Allen going to the Supreme Court with his fight against Comcast. He is basing upon an 1866 civil rights law, and why has the Trump Department of Justice sided with Comcast against Byron Allen? We will explain shooting near Clark Atlanta University in the first day of school. Four people were injured, two students from CAU, two from Spelman. We'll give you the latest details. In another case, a white kid is arrested for threatening to shoot up a school while uh, gaming with his friends. And his white mama is just aghast that her son is going to juvenile jail. Guess right, arrest his punk ass. Wait till we show y'all the video. Tomorrow is black women's uh, payday. We'll talk about why that's important and also I'm gonna break down to you what is exactly, what is the black experience? Of course, yesterday, you heard my commentary in response to Marcellus Wiley on Fox Sports. So, identity, like, this whole issue of identity and, you know, what's really black and who can really speak for black people. So, I'm gonna break down this whole notion of the black experience. Plus, countdown to the final season of Power! We'll hear from Lorenz Tate. We call him the Black Benjamin Button. And of course, Rotini talking about power, plus a memoriam to the former Saturday Night Live music director, Catrice Barnes. Folks, it's time to bring the funk Roller Mark Unfiltered. Let's go. He's got it.
4: whatever the miss, he's on it, whatever it is.
3: Byron Allen, the CEO of Entertainment Studios, suing Comcast and Charter Communications for $20 billion over racial discrimination. He claims that the companies wouldn't carry his networks or even meet with him because Entertainment Studio is a 100% minority-owned company. He also says the networks are in violation of the Civil Rights Act of 1866, which prohibits racial discrimination in contracting. Supreme Court has agreed to hear the case on November 13th. And if Allen wins, it will be a major victory for black owned companies and black media as well. Now, what's quite interesting about this is that this week, uh, the uh, Trump Department of Justice actually filed a brief siding with Comcast in this whole deal. So according to uh, this uh, this brief that they actually put out, uh, the Department of Justice, they are arguing that. Byron Allen needs to prove that race is the specific reason as to why he has been denied an opportunity to actually have his networks on, uh, on Comcast. He has blasted uh, the DOJ, blasted their interference as well. He said this is about enslavement. Pretty interesting. Let's talk about this, of course, with our panel. We've got a couple of lawyers on the panel. First off, uh, joining me uh, to my uh, right, uh, Puerto Rico's D- Driskell, adjunct professor, adjunct professor at the George Washington University. Also joining us, Monique Presley, legal analyst and crisis manager. We have, of course, Dr. Jason Nichols, African-American studies, uh, University of Maryland. And of course, and also joining us right now is Byron Jones, who's an attorney here in Washington, DC. I'm gonna go to Monique, uh, sorry, Ryan Jones, my apologies. Um, Monique, I wanna go to you first. So, first of all, a lot of people were shocked when Byron Allen said, "Civil Rights Act of 1866." People were like, okay, first of all, I didn't realize there was Civil Rights Act of 1866. Um, but it was, but it was very interesting, and people initially laughed at him. The fact that the Supreme Court is going to hear this case is has shocked a lot of people. That it's made its way through the federal court system, all the way to the Supreme Court, and they don't take a lot of cases.
4: Right. Right, but you know, what? he's lived his whole career that way. He backs up whatever he's going to do with action. It's not a lot of talk. A lot of people have no idea even of how successful he is. Of course, you, people like us know that being in the industry, but, um, I applaud what he did. I wish that more people who were in the entertainment business who know good and well that, yes, he was discriminated against in this company was because of color. There were specific intent to do it for that purpose and that it wasn't for any other pretextual reason that they're going to come up with. It's a shame that you don't get the support of the justice system right now because, well, because of all of the reasons, that I'm sure we'll find a way to talk about it. But, I think it's a good step that the Supreme Court recognizes this needs to be heard. I'm not confident about what they're going to do, but I think it's a good step that it's being heard.
3: Ryan, what's interesting about this, again, is the fact that he filed this in 2015. Uh, It's now four years. It's made made its uh, way all the way up. Uh, And so this is what the— Uh, This is what the Trump Department of Justice said, Um, they said that although the statute does not expressly describe the necessary causal link between a plaintiff's race and a defendant's refusal to contract, the text is most most naturally read to require but for causation and background common law principles confirm that a but for rule applies. Now, um, again... If you read the 1866 uh, Civil Rights Act, which sort of, which is quite interesting, again, uh, something that was um, passed uh, in, by, by huge margins, uh, it was around one of the, uh, the Reconstruction Acts, 13th, 14th, and 15th uh, Amendment as well. Uh, And it also established citizenship. And so it's really interesting, uh, again, looking at this and reading it. uh, and What do you make, though, of Byron Allen using this particular Civil Rights Act? He's not saying, oh, you guys just wouldn't meet with me. He's literally using a law that was passed in 1866 as the basis of his claim.
5: I think it's intelligent. What it does is it elevates the audience that's going to review—the court that's going to review this claim. You take it to the federal system, that's how you get to the Supreme Court. He didn't go state. He didn't go local. He wanted to go to a place where he's going to have the biggest platform to speak his mind. And now it does call the conversation to us to say, hey, look, are we doing enough? How is it still possible for this to even be a conversation, because you are— A black-owned media entertainment industry uh, company that you can be excluded from Comcast and getting your messages out to the black uh, to Nate. Nationwide, Black folks nationwide. And that's it, what Comcast is doing.
3: I mean, here's what it says. All persons within the jurisdiction of the United States should have the same right in every state and territory to make and enforce contracts to sue, be parties, give evidence, and to to the full and equal benefit of all laws and proceedings for the security of persons and property as is enjoyed by white citizens and shall be subject to like punishment, pains, penalties, taxes, licenses, and and exactions of every kind and to no other. Jason, again, reading that, uh, what what the law says is that, yo, black folks are the same as white folks. I should have the same opportunities that they do, which is what Byron Allen is saying.
2: Absolutely. That's exactly what he's saying. I I really, you know, uh, I can't see how, you know, the, the Supreme Court and how the, Uh, how the Trump administration would go against that, but nothing the Trump administration does surprises me at this point. Um, I think we're gonna, you know, see, again, uh, another example of how elections have consequences. And, you know, we see how the judicial element of of elections and the consequences that they bear, um, not only in this case, but in even more serious cases around the country, not saying that this isn't serious, but in life and death cases.
4: Right, but what's unfortunate, Roland, is that I... I I agree, in part disagree, in part I think, under a prior iteration of our Supreme Court, we may not have gotten or we're not likely to get um, a good result. That's why the fact that they're taking the time to look at this—and this isn't a case of first impression. We have the right to contract, and you're not supposed to be discriminated against in contracting. The reason it's so hard to prove is because people have the right to do business with whom they please. That's part of this free enterprise system. That's part of capitalism in the United States of America. so it's very hard. You can contrast it, same thing, to Colin Kaepernick's case against the NFL. Why isn't this person being hired? Is it because of race? Is it because of action? Is it because of protest, when you have to basically prove a negative? You, and that's what Alan's going to have to do here, show that every single other reason that they would claim is not true. And that's the only way that we get to the result, where it is—and it, and it's, it's really—the and the benefit Fit, I guess, is that it's not a criminal case, because really, the standard's still going to be more likely than not. It's not, like, b- beyond a reasonable doubt. So I, I think his case is strong, I just think that the court is reluctant to go into the waters of a person's ability to contract or a company's ability to contract.
3: Puerto Rico, what the, the, the DOJ says, in the making of a contract, uh, he must establish that for the consideration of race, the defendant would have made the contract. Um, obviously, if you're Comcast, they're gonna they're gonna say, look, we put TV one on our cable systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have launched these other minority focused networks, uh, Aspire, uh, there were a couple of Clio TV, yeah. also tied to TV one. and so it goes on and on and on, which was a part of the agreement when they bought um, when they bought Comcast okay. I mean, when they bought NBC right. Universal. Uh, and so that's one of the arguments they make, but the reality is, uh, Captain Hughes had talked about this beforehand uh, at Rainbow Push, when TV1 launched, they had to cut a deal with Comcast and give them an equity stake yep. to do hmm. it. And that's been the case. Right, right. For, so a lot of these black networks, where the, where, the cable, where, the, where the distribution company said, okay, we'll put you on, but we, gotta, we, we gotta own. Right. So you gotta give us an equity stake in your company in order for us to put you on our cable systems. Uh, and, and so what he is saying is, one, I'm not, I'm not giving anybody any equity. Right. Why can't you put me on these systems? And what we're talking about is, we're talking about, first of all, there were several other companies, uh, other cable companies that, that put his networks on. He's got a variety of networks, uh, comedy network, uh, um, uh, a, a legal network, and several others. Right. Uh, and we're talking about significant amounts of money because there are cable networks out there who get five, seven cents per subscriber, and they're, they're making a profit because they get that money every single month based upon the number of subscribers
1: i think what we are seeing what we have seen again is is this done over again right we saw this we certainly saw this during reconstruction with the whole concept of 40 acres and a mule we saw this during the the 50s i think the burgeoning of rock and roll with black uh, artists coming on the scene the, the rocket roar companies of course would steal and and say the same thing that you have to give Us a buy-in or completely just give us shares of money where we could Where we would turn over our copyrights, right? So we see this done over again And I think what we're seeing now is someone who actually went through the legal process I mean, we've seen others go through the legal process, but we're really seeing Byron, take this through the legal process. And so I'm really interested in seeing how, what's the outcome? And not necessarily the ruling itself, but will others within the industry, media, as well as other minority businesses, take his example and go through the legal process to get what has been owed to them based off of discrimination? Ryan, well, we, again,
3: we're talking about if he is successful, right. now all of a sudden. Uh, the doors also begin to open because the way this system currently is they are in control in fact I can tell you right now we we at TV one it was was interesting and how these deals even work you could actually sign a master uh, MSO uh, master agreement with with the cable company that's national but you still were required to go to each individual city and convince the local general manager of that cable Uh, of that cable affiliate to put you on their system. Uh, We had to get real uh, guerrilla in Mississippi because the Washington Post owned a cable system in Mississippi, 70% black. And the general manager says, oh, no one here has requested TV1. And we're like, are you serious? So, we had to to take a campaign against them. I went on black radio there and said, All right, drop y'all cable, get direct TV. Then all of a sudden they responded because we also were on direct TV. But those are some of the things, tactics that we had to actually employ just to get. When BET launched, we had black preachers and others who had to bombard the cable system saying, Put this network on this local cable system. And that's how a lot of the black cable networks had to operate uh, in the last 40 years. So I'm looking at what Byron Allen has
5: done and what his lawyers have done in alleging the facts to make sure they have a claim that goes forward. Comcast tried to dismiss it. That's what you do. Someone files a complaint, before you file an answer, you file a motion to dismiss. Their motion to dismiss was was granted. Now it's gotten raised all the way to the Supreme Court whether or not Byron Allen made enough, alleged enough facts to move forward in this litigation. In this litigation, he's still going to have to go and do discovery and find out if Comcast used race to exclude him. Mm The Department of Justice's position might be, we don't want it to get that far. We don't want you going all through the emails of Comcast, because it might come out that there was some racism that excluded him. But are you surprised DOJ is filing filing a brief? Surprised, based on what we know about this administration. You might not say—you would say you're not surprised, but you might understand that they're citing. With Comcast and saying, "Yeah, let's just not let them go through this painstaking litigation that could come to say that they are," you'd
3: have to say that they were racist. They, are you surprised that? Are you surprised that? I mean, here, here's here's Byron Allen, studio, Comcast, cable network, DOJ filing a brief.
4: Right, but we're looking at a civil rights claim, right? So it's appropriate for the Department of Justice to—and they're filing an amicus brief—so they're saying, we're not in this, but here's what we think about it. We're not and, in it, but we're in it. And and that is appropriate, and, and there are many others who should do the same thing. The issue is that they're kind of bringing it down to some old, like, Dred Scott-type analysis on why this is not racism, and that's the part that bothers me. And And my my counsel here is is correct that he's going to have to start over at the beginning. But here's the other thing. When it's a civil suit, money fixes it. So he's not suing. And even if he wins— then they contract with him. They're never going to do business with him. The only thing that he can hope for is that they are crippled and exposed and shamed to the point that they are willing to work something out. Now, a settlement, sure, but courts rarely do specific performance. $20 billion is a lot of money, but it doesn't open a door for you or for right. me or for anybody else.
3: Well, some of the other, some of the other smaller cable companies did buckle and put him uh, on their systems. Uh, Jason, uh, last point on this before I go to a break. I'm gonna be interested in seeing, will civil rights organizations file briefs supporting Byron Allen over Comcast, Mm. who has financially supported many of these same civil rights organizations?
2: Right. I think that, that, that's going to be an interesting thing. It? I think this, this entire case is going to be interesting to see how it shakes out, how involved, you know, I, and, and again, I, I, I appreciate both the comments from the lawyers, um, because I'm not a lawyer.
3: So it was very interesting. It's going to be very but interesting. But you say the Inn Express, so you can go ahead and speak on it. Exactly. <laughs> 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 All right. Got to go to a break right now, Ryan. I appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Uh, folks, when we come back, uh, what is the what actually is the black experience? What does that actually look like? We're gonna talk about it next to Roland Martin Unfiltered. You wanna check out Roland Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash RolandSMartin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. Four students were injured in a shooting near the campus of Clark Atlanta University last night. The shooting happened during a block party. The location was on the steps of a library used by Clark Atlanta University, Spelman, and Morehouse students. Here's the scene after the shooting.
6: (laughs)
2: The the party. Yo, what the f-?
4: Yo.
3: Clark Atlanta University said two of the students were from Clark Atlanta and the other two were from Spelman College. Police said when officers arrived, they found four female students ages 17 through 19 with injuries. They were taken to the hospital and are listed as stable. They're not in life-threatening condition at all. In a completely separate story, a Florida teen was arrested for making a joke about a school shooting while playing a video game. Here's, folks, what happened when the cops arrived at this white boy's home to arrest him.
0: I, Dalton Barnhart, vow to bring my father's M15 to school and kill seven people. And Falcon Warrior 920? Yeah. Who's that? Yeah. Go ahead and turn around. Right, Put your number hands number on your back. He's under arrest currently for making a threat to cause a mass shooting slash active terror. It's a cause cr- a mass shooting? Yes. He made a statement, a threat, a written threat to plan to carry out a mass shooting. But
6: he's just a little kid playing a video game. And all
0: that's these kids so keep getting arrested. And that's why the FBI and the local law enforcement is spending yeah, so much time, because how, how do we know he's not sure. going like to be the kid from Parkland? He's not going to be the next kid, yes. the kid that shot up Sandy Hook. We don't know that. So when you withdraw the attention to you by making these statements as they may be jokes, uh-huh. I mean, I wouldn't expect a kid to go, yeah, I'm dead serious, I'm going to go everybody up yep. no uh-huh. when we are caught it's a joke i didn't mean it it's a joke
6: uh-huh.
0: so that's when you're caught
6: but you, you you these games these kids say stuff like that all the time it guess, is a joke to them it's a game guess it is what so
0: guess what wrong. My, my time in law enforcement game. is spent doing uh-huh is arresting these kids for making these statements all the time and for stopping acts too as well okay so that's what our job is, is to make contact, because these kids think it is a game or a joke, so they uh-huh. go ahead and make these comments. Uh-huh.
6: But it's just a comment, so how is there an there's arrest? A, there's
0: a Florida State statute says you cannot make a written threat to cause a mass shooting, act, or kill, or harm anybody else. Uh-huh. Legislature has chosen to well, do that. Well, he didn't that.
4: cause
0: or yes. act or yes. do yes. anything, though. He made the statement, right. too. It's a written statement. It's a written statement. It's a written threat to kill or to make a mass shooting or act of terror. So if I get on there and say I pledge ISIS and I'm going to blow everybody up, that's the same charge as, you know what, man, I'm fed up. I'm going to go to school
3: tomorrow and shoot up my school. All right, y'all, so that actually is a longer video where this mama. Oh, my gosh, she's a, but he's a child. When he said, no, we're taking him to juvenile, she starts losing her mind. Jason, let's just be real clear. If that was me, my dad would say, hold one second, would have smacked the shit out of me <laughs> for playing a video game saying, yo, I'm going to roll up on school tomorrow and take some folks out. And here's this white woman with all her tears just, just shocked and then, kids joke all the time. Hey, the cop said, Sandy Hook, Parkland, Columbine, hello, uh, Santa Fe in Texas, what the hell are you thinking? So, so I agree that... I,
2: I see this in a nuanced way. Number one... What's nuanced? Here, here's the nuance. Here's the nuance. Number one, um, when you start to think about zero tolerance, not saying that this was zero tolerance because he made a written threat, but there are lots of situations in which you have... PEOPLE LIKE THERE WAS OF COURSE THE FAMOUS CASE WHERE THE KID ate A POP TART IN a a SHAPE OF A GUN AND POINTED IT AT SOMEONE AND SOMEONE SAID IT WAS A THREAT SO I I THINK THAT THERE ARE SITUATIONS WHERE SOMETIMES WE GO A LITTLE TOO FAR WITH THE IDEA OF WHAT A THREAT IS AND WHAT ISN'T HOWEVER uh, THIS KID MADE A WRITTEN THREAT AND I UNDERSTAND THAT'S HIS MAMA YOU KNOW WHAT I'M SAYING LIKE WHEN YOU WHEN THE POLICE SHOW UP AND YOUR MAMA'S THERE (laughs) YOUR MAMA MIGHT BE YOUR DADDY IS DIFFERENT YOUR MAMA I don't see her. I've seen. I know some black mamas who would have smacked the hell out of his ass. (laughs) Maybe at the house in private, but I tell you, I've seen a lot of mamas who
3: have fought with the police because their child was being taken. Quadricos, here's the problem I have here there's a law. You cannot make written threats. Okay, they have to take this stuff seriously because they were criticized for ignoring previously written threats. You say in a video game, in a public chat, I'm gonna go to school tomorrow, mm-hmm. and bring this gun, and take some folks out. And then the cops then asked her, "Ma'am, do you own a gun?" She says, "Yes." yes he right. said, "Cause she's like, oh, he's a little boy, right, he right. won't do anything." Right. And he's, and, but my man, I'm telling you, I, y'all, if y'all had a full video, I wish we played. Cause the band, my man said <laughs> he got arms. Right. He got feet? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, well, guess what? He can go get he the can gun. gun. Right, exactly. And, and right. the cops are like, yo, we ain't sitting here having this conversation. Right. And she's just crying. And them white tears are flowing. And these two white cops are like, no, he going to juvie.
1: So I agree with Jason's point. I think that certain situations are more nuanced than others. This is not one of those situations, right? What we saw and what we continue to see is, unfortunately, white people playing the victim, right? And here you had this mother. And I get she's a mother. She's defending her son. Rightfully so, but she's also playing the victim. She said repeatedly, "This is a child. This is a boy. He doesn't know any better. He's 15 years old." <laughs> right. Furthermore, as if we have 15 right. year old that's a reflection on you right, that right. you didn't teach your son uh, the proper way. No, yeah, no, uh, no, brother, it's right. Re- go, go ahead, go I get don't, that ass. Don't get not, in that ass. I'm I not gonna ever have said or made such a statement, and particularly... No, I, I, I agree, particularly but why blame in his mother? Time. Blame him. And in He's particu- 15. I blame his ass and his mama. Right. I think the responsibility is on both here. I was 15 at one point in my life. My mother would have never tolerated anything like that, right? And particularly, I think it's... We have to be cognizant. We're living in a time right. where such threats Wait, this, this are is named. Roland Martin unfiltered, So let's right? be very clear No, about shit. That. Really? just take that you, out? Did you...
2: Did you... Did you smoke weed or, or drink alcohol as, as a kid? I, I, I bet
7: your mom didn't want you to I either, that question. Like, no, nope. But the reality <laughs> nope.
1: is I was smart enough not to get caught I was, smart <laughs> enough. I was smart enough not to break the law And this young man And his mother should have been smart enough Not to do the same thing Monet. Um,
4: so interesting. I'm. I'm confirmed today. Why I'm the only one on the panel who's the defense attorney who would get called when somebody gets in trouble. Go ahead. Um, because because uh, see, you would, need oh, you would need me. You would need no, actually, me. You would need. Actually, I wouldn't need you. No, but right. his ass <laughs> plead. Okay. His okay. ass gonna plead. So, here's the thing. Um, <laughs> this this boy. And I find it interesting from black men who probably have a real problem with younger black boys being tried as adults in the system. Y'all, y'all okay with but that? But he's being tried but as now, a juvenile. this one, is it because he's white? That,
3: that no, he actually, no actually, matter? actually, the, hold on. First, hold on, wait a minute. You saw the full video. The police officer explained to her uh, uh, that uh, it was a felony, but he was also going to be going to juvenile jail. Right. But go right ahead.
4: And the reason why that is, is because the frontal lobe is not fully developed. Until five years later, mm-hmm. and That's even later mom. for men, mm-hmm. I'm the only girl child on the panel, so I'll go, go ahead and what it is. Um, and this mom is not the issue, white, black, or indifferent, if somebody showed up at my door and my child had been downstairs playing GTA and had been putting something in there, that Child did not know that by typing in on know. that game, that that was what's right. considered a written threat in the eyes of the law. Damn that. Ask ask whether, he knows Damn knows. that. whether
1: he knows he it's the, the law question or not. Okay.
4: Ignorance is no excuse on that. It, 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 is it is not. i right. real clear that it's not. Right. But what I am saying is, we have to inform our children Which he did not do. when they're on these games, and the black children, and the white children, and the brown children. Children and the blue children are all playing these games and are going to be held to these standards. The police officers were doing what they were supposed to do. This mom who's taken off guard by something she did not expect for that day is doing what she was supposed to do. I don't know if her tears were white or not, but I'm
3: sure that I- <laughs> They were. Been. I'm sure- They
4: were. That I would have been taken off guard. I would have stood in defense of my son. I would have made sure his rights were being applied. I would have gone with him to the station. I wouldn't have wanted him to be arrested maybe I would have gone in the back and done whatever your dad or whoever's dad would have done but not right then I wouldn't so tell you, you I'm gonna tell y'all right now It is oh. not on parents you're saying that let me be real clear you don't have children <laughs> let, let me know, real have, clear I have, I have let no,
3: me no. be real have, clear if that happened in Clinton if that happened in Clinton Park in Houston daddy would not have waited would daddy would have said what you say? What your ass do? You, ra- Daddy wouldn't have waited until the cops left. And about- then he would have done everything he could to assist you, cause that's the kind of dad that you. No, nah, know, cause no. my daddy made it perfectly clear: if no. you no. no. get your ass arrested no. No. on a you Friday, see, I ain't coming you, till you, Monday. You, you right. see I'm brother, just letting you know. But, I, right. but he would come. No, he going not come, see, but he ain't coming that night. Life,
4: everything uh, you this hope. This is where we're in agreement. I'm in agreement with you. No,
3: yeah.
2: I'm in agreement. I'm showing up for my son. What? Yes. But I'm at the at that. the same time, my son at at five years old knows you don't yell. Hey, there's a bomb when we're in the line. Right, and, at the, Right, at the uh, you know to. in the and, airport. And, and, yes. and a 15 year old should know he not
1: know to make threats. Can't
4: say that in his basement.
2: <laughs>
1: Hell,
4: what we do know is so this here. Public. These what are we two different years. things. <laughs> here's, here's what we you know. You can't search certain websites. Here's what we know. We've had some 15 and 16 year
3: old kids shooting up school. Right. And look. You, we cannot, I'm not
4: done talk We about cannot
3: drama? play games You, you can when, when it comes these days right. To these kids who are grabbing guns Who are going to school And it's not just the mass murders not just, look yeah. It's not just, you just had what happened at LSU You are seeing this You are seeing where the mm-hmm. kid uh, uh, What, the girl told him no going no to the good, prom That uh, right. he's had to take her out Or whatever the hell And so, look, they're like, hey we go, this is what the council said, we going to sort this out later, right. but for right now, his ass going to the juvenile jail, then we going to deal with it. I got no problem with that law because if I'm a parent, the last thing I want to do is sit, look, I got two nieces who will start school tomorrow. And the last damn thing I want to be able to be dealing with is some crazy ass kid mm-hmm. who playing the game, who issues, who, who puts a threat out there. And the people go, oh, he just 15, he a kid. These little terroristic ass show up at school and shoot (laughs) up 15, 20 people. Then we go, Man, why didn't somebody do something?
4: No, they did their job. The law is what it's supposed to be, but as parents, we have to be informing our children and we have to be vigilant. And everybody got mad when Trump was trying to blame the video games for things, but this is a perfect example of something that is happening. And I do think that there is way too much violence going on in those games, and I hate it, and I try to keep all of that stuff out of my house. That doesn't mean that the kid without a gun couldn't have got it accomplished, so obviously we need gun safety and gun laws, too. All I'm saying but, is, yeah. uh, this ain't about that mama. Is all I'm see saying. You have no. to ask. Where, where is I,
1: the I, I, I think there? it's part. Final comment. Go Part the mom. I think it's part the child. I think it's up to the parents as well as the students to educate themselves about the law. That you, that you have to know what times we're so living you wanna, in. You cannot you make statements a mama's like that. Lock
2: patruancy and all of that kind of stuff. You know when, what? When that's not a bad
3: idea. Lock up oh, parents. Come on,
2: bro.
3: Why is it not? Hey. Oh. Hey. Let me tell you something right now, y'all. This real simple. You know why I didn't smoke or do drugs when I was growing up? Right. Cause my parents I wasn't scared of the either. cops. I wasn't scared of the cops. I wasn't scared of jail. I was scared of Reginald Lynn Martin Sr., who said, I will whoop your ass. And I was like, hmm, cops, daddy, you know what? Y'all can go ahead and drink all y'all want to, smoke all the weed y'all want to, because I ain't pissing him off. Because one day I was sitting on the couch watching the movie and I looked over and looked at my dad's elbow and I went that's a big ass elbow I looked at my elbow and I'm like that's twice the size of my elbow I'm leaving this negro alone I'm just saying so look y'all we can sit here and all this sort of stuff bottom line is yo kids out there don't play some stupid ass games and issue threats Don't don't talk to your friends. Don't sit here and send text messages talking about, hey, I want to shoot some folks today. Uh, I wish I had a gun. I'm telling you right now, you're playing with fire, and you're going to find yourself involved in the criminal justice system if you do it, because parents have zero tolerance these days when all of a sudden you got 20 and 22 kids who've been gunned down uh, in uh, elementary schools and middle schools and high schools. No, we ain't doing no lockdown drills. We're going to lock your behind down before you grab a gun and go to the school. <laughs> All right, we come back. We're going to talk about the black experience after this break. Roland Martin Unfiltered. Hey, fam, I want you to like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications. Martin! Alright, folks, you heard me talk a lot about marijuana stock.org. Why? Because I want to keep you informed of investment opportunities that make sense. We've all watched the growth of the cannabis industry. A recent report by New Frontier Data estimates the global cannabis market at over $340 billion. We know that marijuana legalization is sweeping the country state by state. We also know that marijuana has a good cousin, the hemp plant, with a much higher concentration of CBD. That means hemp gives you all the medical benefits of marijuana without getting you high. Until recently, hemp farming was practically illegal in in the u.s. and heavily regulated by the dea but that all changed with the 2018 farm bill making it legal to grow hemp cbd in the u.s. creating one of the largest commodities worldwide folks they need land to grow all of the plants and that's why this incredible investment opportunity uh, is before you courtesy of our good friends at 420 real estate their business model is real simple they buy land that supports hemp cbd grow operations and lease it to licensed high-paying tenants That's right, they are hemp CBD landlords, and you can get in on the action. My friends at 420 Real Estate decided to do something special for the Roland Martin Unfiltered Family. Originally, the minimum investment level was 500 bucks, but you can invest in this crowdfunding campaign for as little as $200. That's right, 200 bucks up to $10,000. This is a way for you to get involved in a $340 billion industry that is still growing. To invest, go to marijuanastock.org. That's marijuanastock.org. When you go there, it's going to take you to a, actually a crowdfunding page for this campaign. So uh, don't get uh, too alarmed by it. All right, folks. So yesterday, here in Rolling Martin Unfiltered, I did a uh, deconstruction of some recent comments by Marcellus Wiley on Fox Sports with regards to Colin Kaepernick and Jay-Z and Colin's girlfriend, Nessa, and Eric Reed, and Kenny Stills all surrounding protests in the NFL and all sorts of stuff along those lines. And so the reason I was, some people said, "Dang man, you went in hard, because I was greatly bothered by what Marcellus had to say when he was talking about the identity of the individuals who were involved. And in essence, that was this whole notion that, well, Jay-Z is really blacker, really blacker than Colin Kaepernick, because Colin Kaepernick is biracial and raised by white parents and was in Wisconsin, moved to Central Central uh, California, as opposed to Jay-Z growing up in the projects there in New York. So for some of y'all who missed it, here are some of the comments of Marcellus Wiley, and then I'm going to come back with my comment.
7: This is an identity issue. You know why the identity of this movement has been lost? You know why the identity has been lost in this platform of kneeling? And what does it really mean? Because the identity of those who are leading it has always been in question. Let's keep it 1,000 up here because my past is hot. My past (laughs) has expired for this. The past has expired. I've been going back and forth with this from day one at ESPN. Let's go. Kaepernick comes from a situation where he's never felt the full weight of these injustices. This is a mixed race guy who was raised by a white family from Wisconsin to Central California. Respect, that does not disqualify you from talking for us. But when you make missteps and miscalculations, oh, it comes back into play. And he never spoke on this when Black Lives Matter's movement was at its height. Think about it, 2013, 2014, Ferguson, When Jay-Z is bailing prisoners out and doing protesters out and taking pictures and supporting Trayvon Martin and that family, what was Kaepernick? You know who he was? Taking his shirt off, bruh. He was... I knew Kaepernick back then. He was never talking about this. He meets Nessa in 2015. All of a sudden, 2016, he gets benched. Flip flop. Not mad. That still doesn't disqualify you. But Nessa comes into play now. And we all know Nessa. Respect to her and her ethnicity. But It's not black. Okay, So now we got two leaders Who don't even feel the weight Of the consequences So guess what you are allowed to do right now Have convenience Ain't no cosmetics (laughs) here bro When I'm in Compton When I'm in South Central and Harlem That's my, my childhood to manhood Zero to 22 years old Those three places I know what it feels like. When you're talking to Jay-Z, who's been through Marcy Projects, Brooklyn, and all his successes, he's seen this. We both said, go Cap or Nick, go. And let the cause blindly support the man. But the character is now coming to question. And then now Eric Reed is taking it and giving him cover. Eric Reed is taking Kenny Steele's another guy. Respect, guys. Another mixed-race individual who's not felt the fuck this so when you want to take this movement and i hate to play the race card against my own race usually you play the race card against the other races right but when i have to see these missteps and these issues all manifest i get back to the identity of those who are leading it which has always been in question mm-hmm. and now jay-z has answered that question let somebody who really knows what this is
3: about handle this So here's what's interesting with that particular commentary. And so allow me to uh, have part two of deconstruction. First and foremost, uh, Marcellus responded to that commentary by saying that, uh, you got it wrong, I grew up uh, in Compton. I didn't grow up in Harlem. Well, actually, if you actually heard that comment, he said from zero to 22, uh, his life was Compton, South Central, and Harlem. So that's why I included Harlem in that. And so, yes, Marcellus, you grew up in Compton, but you invoked Harlem, which is why I brought up the cases that took place in New York, which you were very quiet about when you played in the NFL. But see, if you listened closely to what Marcellus said there, he was saying that this whole notion that Jay-Z can speak to these issues more so than Colin Kaepernick can because of how Jay-Z grew up. Also, in the commentary, he talked about Jay-Z growing up in a public housing complex uh, there uh, in New York City and what he experienced and what he went through. Let me explain to you what that is. That's actually the code for you're blacker. See, in the 70s, what happened was, if you were black and you were in school, they would say, uh, you talk white, or you talk too proper, uh, where you come from. Then in the 80s and 90s, it was, oh, you, you wanted them suburban Negroes. You didn't grow up in the hood. Now in the 2000s, we've now evolved, now the whole issue of being biracial. So now we are criticizing folks and we're establishing the, sort of these levels of blackness. What has happened in this country, unfortunately for black folks who have fallen victim to white supremacy, who don't even understand what they are saying, is that we have defined blackness as actually meaning coming from broken homes, impoverished, public housing, rats and roaches, single mama, daddy not home, broke, destitute, and we had to fight our way to school every day and the way back home and we made it through. See, that's how we literally define this idea of what it means to be black. I was in the Cincinnati Music Festival, uh, and that was a, a, a T-shirt. And it said, uh, i mix mixed with hood and some other stuff. And somebody said, hey, you want that shirt? I'm like, hell no, because I ain't mixed with hood. Do you know why? Did I grow up in the Clinton Park neighborhood in Houston? Yes. The problem is, when you say the word hood... You left off the neighbor part. And so the word hood has now meant one thing in the minds of the person who you're talking to. See, the reason I brought these books out today is because we need to understand that there is no one black experience. This book here is called African Americans on Martha's Vineyard From Enslavement to Presidential Visit by Thomas Dresser. Now, that's actually the black experience. Is that every black person? No, but it's also the black experience. Jill Nelson, Washington Post writer, actually wrote about this, called "Finding Martha's Vineyard: African Americans at Home on an Island." That's what this book is. This is also the black experience. I got a book right here. My man James Prince from Houston, Rapalot Records, the art of science and of the art and science of respect. Oh, he talks about being one of the baddest thugs in Houston and talks about uh, all the legal stuff that he was involved in. Guess what? This is James Prince's experience. He talks about Fifth Ward and Third Ward in Houston and how he was one of the baddest cats on, uh, on the streets there. Yes, this is his experience. Is it the black experience? It's not. Here's a book called This African-American Life by Hugh Price. Hugh Price. Smart brother, which became the CEO of the National Urban League, talks about his African-American life growing up in a household, family focused on education, him rising to major positions in corporate America and then running that National Urban League. Very interesting book here called Negro Land, a memoir by Margot Jefferson. She talks about being black and bougie. She talks about being a black woman of privilege and how she was raised and how folks saw her differently than other black folks. Guess what? That, that That's also... The Black Experience. Let's talk about W.V. DuBois. Oh, the similar book on Black Reconstruction. If you want to understand the Black Experience, you might want to read this particular book here. Oh yeah, it's about 700 pages, but trust me, y'all can get through it. But he talks about, again, the period of Reconstruction after the Civil War and talks about Black folks in the South, also in the North, and what Reconstruction meant for African Americans. If you really want to understand, talk about this whole idea of what's the Black Experience, well, a lot of black people who were critical of the civil rights movement because they said, oh, that's really the middle class Negroes who are really fighting this movement. So, guess what? Uh, you had the editors of the book, uh, The Eyes on the Prize, Civil Rights Reader. Of course, he, uh, Henry Hampton had an Academy Award-winning, excuse me, Academy Award-nominated no- documentary on, uh, on the civil rights movement, The Eyes on the Prize. Even during that movement, we yeah, the back and forth where y'all don't really care about us folks who are sharecroppers versus y'all city folk. Uh, you heard all this sort of stuff going on, even though, guess what? Jim Crow was smacking uh, city folk and sharecroppers. But y'all ever heard this book here called The True Story of America's First Black Dynasty, The Senator and the Socialite? by Lawrence Otis Graham. Oh, yeah, it talks about one of the first black United States senators and how they had generational wealth, how they threw these exquisite parties uh, all in the north in Washington, D.C. Yeah, it was called The Senator and the Socialite. This also is the black experience. Of course, Allison Stewart had her book on First Class, The Legacy of Dunbar, America's First Black Public High School, talking about the black experience. Here's this great book that I also pulled uh, from uh, In Search of Black America, Discovering African-American Dream. But his brother literally went all across the country going to various black neighborhoods, trying to search for what exactly is black America. Then, of course, you have Isabel Wilkerson, who had her great book called The Warmth of Other Suns*, won all kinds of awards, talking about the great migration of black folks from the from the South to the North. That's also the black experience. Then, of course, uh, you have uh, this great book called Black Families in White America by Andrew Billingsley, the 20th anniversary edition of a modern classic by a preeminent Afro-American sociologist. What does it mean to be a black family in white america then of course my man gerald horn university of houston one of the top uh historians out there he really explains this whole thing in the book called white supremacy confronted u.s imperialism and anti-communism versus liberation of southern africa from rhodes to mandela if you want to understand where a lot of this came from right here white supremacy but why all this important why is my last book easy dr king's book where do we go from here chaos or community where he literally talks about where we stay as black folks and talks about the various experiences. He talks about the issue of poverty, talks about the Negroes, of course, uh, who didn't necessarily experience the same level of poverty, but they still experienced Jim Crow. What am I getting at? We are idiotic by continuing to allow individuals to play this game of defining the black experience as being one thing. There is no one thing black experience in America here we are this week celebrating or commemorating 400 years since the first 20-odd Africans arrived in Virginia in August of 1619 and in these 400 years there have been numerous experiences of black folks the reality is you can grow up in a black family in a black neighborhood and go to black schools and go to black churches and belong to black organizations and when you become an adult don't give a damn about black people And you can be a biracial person who grew up in a white family, who live across the country and the world. And you know what? You commit yourself to the issues that impact black people. See, who else is actually having these silly ass conversations? What other groups are having these dumb ass discussions as to who really is more authentic? Who's really more hood? Who's really more black? That's how stupid this stuff is. I remember when I, uh, after I had pledged Alpha Phi Alpha, we were at a party and we had a brother who was from Sam Houston State walk up to me, he's like, oh yeah, oh y'all think y'all, some," this is exactly what he said because y'all don't, I don't use the word, oh y'all think y'all some smart niggas because y'all go to Texas A&M. But, gee, but y'all, uh, this is how we do it at this school. I had a brother who was at Prairie View who said the same thing and they were talking all this trash and I said, let me ask you a question. What's your chapter graduation rate? Then they got silent. I said, oh, y'all ass can't talk? I said, see, you want to challenge me because I went to Texas A&M and pledged Alpha. And you went to Sam Houston State, not an HBCU. Another brother went to Prairie View. That is an HBCU. So you want to question my blackness and question whether I'm real. I said, when our chapter and our hitcher only had one brother who did not graduate and he's not authorized to come to any of our events. I said, so let me ask you a question. What does it mean to be an Alpha. Is it matter if you go to a black school or does it matter if your ass actually graduate and do the things that the alpha man is required to do? He got real silent. I even had a sister when I went to the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, uh, and, I, and I joked with her about today because I jacked ass up when she said it. We were standing by the photographer's table, and so uh, she was a sister, and um, somebody, said she, somebody uh, introduced me to her. She said, oh, oh you the brother who didn't know who he was who went to a white school. I said, oh, really? I said, where did you go? She said, oh, I went to Southern. I said, oh, so what you're saying is you need to go to an HBCU to figure out that your ass was black? I said, I grew up in a black neighborhood, black family, all that sort of black. I said, I knew I was black by the time I was 18. Now, when I talked about that one day, people, some folks who went to the HBCUs got real upset with me. But what they understand was what she was trying to do was denigrate me because I didn't go to an HBCU. And I said, boo, you can go to an HBCU and still be clueless about black people. Just like you can go to a PWI and be clueless about black people. The black experience in America is wide. It is diverse. It is broad. And what we have to stop doing is playing these silly games of questioning somebody's blackness. And what we should be asking very simply, are you doing the work? Are you doing the work? Now, I disagree with the people who call Jay-Z a sellout. Just like I don't allow people on my show to call black Republicans sellout or call them Uncle Toms or call them uh, Oreos, any of those names. Just like I don't let anybody come on this show and call somebody the N-word or call them a coon. Because, see, that's offensive. But what we better understand is that we have a generation of black kids who are not growing up in hoods. A generation of black kids who are growing up biracial. So what are we saying to them by saying, well, you really don't have a black experience. That's not really a black experience. Well, what is it? Then when we use the phrases, you haven't felt the full oppression, the full weight of what it means to be black. Well, actually, how many people have? I mean, Marcellus went from Compton to the Ivy League school. I'm quite sure there were some black people who said, why you didn't go to HBCU? Oh, I heard that. I had a brother who challenged me when I was a senior in high school. I can't believe, see, that's my problem. All y'all Negroes are going to the white schools. I said, really? Where are you going? I'm going to TSU, Texas Southern University, which is right across the street from my high school. And you know what I told him? I said, that's interesting. The Texas Southern University has a school of communications, and they literally are right across the street. And I was actually named the best student in my high school in my four years there and they never actually recruited me. I was across the street. I said, so I'm gonna follow the money. Because you know why? My parents gonna have three kids in college at one time, and damn it, I'm not trying to be broke. My brother went to A&M, my sister went to A&M, and I went to A&M. All three have graduated, all three are doing well, and guess what? We ain't got no damn student loan. Debt cause It's all been paid off. But the point I'm making is that's the black experience. HBCUs, the black experience. Community college, the black experience. Growing up in South Central or Watts or Compton or Harlem or Lithonia or Prince George's County. That's all the black experience. But we are the only ones who are playing this stupid game where who can be blacker than the other person as opposed to what's the work we're focused on? That's why I did the commentary. That's what offended me the most. Because guess what? I would rather somebody who's biracial or somebody like Nessa who ain't even black, who give a damn about our issues, than a whole bunch of black folks who will turn their back and don't care and say it's all about me, myself, and I, as opposed to the issues at hand. Watch what you say around your children. Watch what you do around your children because if we are putting the wrong things in their heads, they're gonna carry that stuff forth and repeat those things in school, repeat those things at church, repeat those things to their friends, and we have another generation of black folks who are questioning the blackness of somebody else. Y'all got thoughts?
1: I agree with everything you said, but I think you left out the black experience
3: regarding Afro-Caribbean and Africans as well, because well, I didn't go to the diaspora. I right. only I was, only specific, I, was I, I I perfect. I I confined to the fifty states for a reason. Okay, but because for me. I don't call that the black experience i call that the african diaspora that's it, why it, go ahead and go it ahead. is
1: you're right it, it it is the african diaspora but i think that once our brothers and sisters from the continent or for afro or for the caribbean move here then they are a part of the black experience because to make this conversation a little bit more comprehensive i am fatigued very similar to this sort of chick-fil-a and popeyes debate right <laughs> the when when brothers and sisters from the continent and for the caribbean move here none of us are privileged under the thumb of oppression. Because what we say, black Americans are descendants of slaves specifically say, oh, well, they're not black, right? Because they didn't grow up here because they didn't have the same experience. And I'm fatigued by that conversation as well, right? Because the reality is when they get here, they are a part of the black experience Mm -hmm. and they help to shape black identity across because blackness Extends well beyond where you were raised or where you lived, right? So we have to think broadly about what blackness means, right. and it can't just be limited to Black
3: American right. experiences. Which, well. which is why I I, I specifically showed the Gerald Horn, book right? Right? Because Gerald Horn in that book lays out how global white supre- white supremacy right. has impacted people of color. Monique, go ahead.
4: Um. African-American males in the United States are disproportionately stopped, searched, frisked, assaulted, uh, arrested, killed by law enforcement. Uh, The number of decades that that's been happening extends to the beginning of this country. Um, The data of of recent years shows that it happens more predominantly um, in southern poor areas Mm -hmm. and in cities, in urban areas. Um, I have not felt the weight of that experience. Mm -hmm. One, because I'm a woman, and the numbers show plainly that it happens largely to African-American males. Right? Um, uh, Two, I've been fortunate enough to—of women who have been in that position to not be one of them. Okay? So, if I were to say that I haven't felt the weight of what the Kaepernick-Neal was originally for, which was African-American males who are being illegally targeted and mistreated and killed by law enforcement, then that would be true. And if someone critiqued me and my leadership, even though I'm a capable advocate, saying that wouldn't offend me. It doesn't mean that I don't have a black experience. It just means that I haven't experienced the weight of the original cause for which he took that knee and for which others are now still taking the knee. Um, And and then the only other thing I would say is the only reason we have a black experience as opposed to an African experience is because a white man told us it was black. So every time I hear black, I tend to get Mm -hmm. back on African because I know that black and white are not real races. There's just the human race Um, that a few decades ago, white men in the legislature decided it was okay to transition us from nigger to negro to colored to right right wing nigger colored, Negro, black, and and then we— Afro-American, African-American, black interchangeably, yes. I think it's important that while we try to figure out who is and is not black, we recognize nobody is, but everybody is, because it's just a legal construct and a social social construct construct that was put on us by a supremacist head. But now, if we want to adapt right. it for our own, even though, Roland, I know you disagree about adapting nigger for our own thing. You don't like that oh, word no. I ain't, and we can't adapt it. I, I ain't, ain't, ain't adopting
3: whatever that opinion, they had as oppressive, I ain't adopting. Y'all in, keep that bullshit. But in my Y'all opinion,
4: keep... every time they put a color label on us, it was meant to oppress us also. So I choose to adapt my ethnicity and my country or countries of origin so that there are no issues with my Caribbean brothers and sisters, with my brothers throughout all the diaspora. I'm not with Eidos people. You know how I feel about that. And to me, anything else we do in this area that doesn't highlight that anybody who halfway looks like a black man is in trouble on the streets is just a waste of
3: well, I just, I just, I, just, I, 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 but, but the greatest, but the, the greatest thing that drives me crazy again <laughs> is that we are, we, we are, we are having a conversation about who's blacker than actually the issue. That's what is fundamentally wrong for me. And I've seen this throughout my entire life. And again, I've seen how the conversation has shifted. And what does it say? What are, what are we saying to somebody who's biracial? Oh, yeah, you're not, you're not really one of us. Oh uh, yeah, you might be fighting, but you're not really one of us. And see, that's the next step, and that's the issue that I have there. So when you start saying the identity of the person who's leading is in question, I know exactly what you're doing. And see, you you also can't use the rhetorical devices of respect, respect. No, it's not respect because you're coming back with another particular comment, and so I yeah, know. Yeah,
4: I didn't mind him telling the truth of his
6: experience
3: no, and expressing. No, 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 his no, 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 That's That's no, 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 no. But here's my point. That's what we do. That's my point. That's my point. That first of all. We can give a lot of opinions, Yeah. but if it's also BS, you can get called out. Italians and wouldn't want to be led
4: by non Italians. No, 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 no. And no. they would ask you for your papers. No, no,
3: no but here's a here's piece, though. No, you would have to prove it. You'd no, have to get here, your here, Right. Test but guess or what? Whatever. Guess what? No same Italians. <laughs> true. When they yeah. bring their ass to Denver, all of a sudden they get sick, and then they go to the hospital and realize damn, I got sicker cell. Guess what? Think black people. But, 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 but they would his, need the help no, no, You no, see but, what but I'm he, no, but, but You wouldn't point, be Italian. I you just be helpful. But first of all, you can call Italian all day, but the reality is if Jesse Williams shouts his mom and daddy out, daddy's black, mama is white, the reality is Jesse black, okay? And Jesse also got a white mama. Because, because we but,
4: said that. No, no, no,
3: no. Because no. we agreed on no, that. No, he's white, no, too. No, no, we also... No, he's I'm, white. No, no. I'm also <laughs> saying he's no, I'm saying he black and white because his black daddy's sitting right there. That's what he But what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to penalize, nor dismiss him by saying you ain't really black because your mama's white. He's half black. Right. And, but, the, but the point is, black. when we play this game no of again. that... No, it is a game. We're playing that, it's, but it's a it's, game it's because if game. that brother is... If that yes. brother is cares about the issues and is putting it on the line, dude, I'm going to applaud that. But what I'm not going to do is say, ah, uh, you're kind of okay, but, but you're not. Go to ahead.
1: You push back, Roland, on that notion. What about... Brothers like Herman Kane and Ben Carson. Doesn't right? matter. Who also who have the authentic I'm getting yes. authentic black. And I am going to They're di- black and,
3: and, black. and, and, and here's, the black. Right. here's the piece. Here's the piece. First of all, Clarence Thomas right. is a black man from from, pinpoint from, Georgia. from from rural Georgia. Right. And I am going to disagree. What did I say? Is based upon what's the work are you doing? I am going to disagree. And I can I ain't gonna say you're not black. Okay. What and I am gonna fair, say fair is, enough. what I am gonna say is. The policies that you are espousing and promoting are going against the interest, not just of black people, but many people. When I disagree with what B. Cross is doing, as HUD secretary, I, I can be critical. I, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to call him a coon. Okay. I'm there, not going to call there. him an Oreo. I'm not going to call him a sellout. I'm not going to call him an Uncle Tom. What I am going to say is, the policies you are advocating are wrong. Because guess what? If there was a white secretary of HUD, who took the exact same policies of Ben Carson, I'm going to say your policies are wrong. But what I am saying is, when when, when you have a media piece, when, when you use that platform and what we say and what we're sending out, when we set up this sort of test of who is blacker, and, Cause he then what happens is some are
4: blacker than others. No, no, though. no, no, no,
3: no. Here's the problem with that. No, here's the problem with that. Some are black no, and white. No, but and here's some the No, 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 but here's the problem it with doesn't that. Doesn't matter. No, 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 Because the phrase because of, of who's socially blacker? Socially no, no. The phrase of no, follow me. The phrase of who's blacker is not dependent upon if your mama and daddy is black. What they say is no, no, no. Your experience is blacker. What he what he's really saying is because Jay Z grew up in the hood in the public housing complex because he, he started. Said drug- all of those no, no, things. no, no, no. What he he's said saying all of those is things. what he's saying is that's blacker. And what I am he saying is all I am not going to define the black blacker blackest experience <laughs> based upon whether you grew up in a public housing complex. Because guess what. I grew up in a public housing complex. I grew up in a black neighborhood that was specifically built by HUD in the 40s for black people. And you know what I saw? I could stand on my on my porch and see the DEA and the, and the Houston Police take down a crack house right there, five houses down. But I can look across the street and see a two-family house, two-family uh, household raising their kids. I can see a single mother down the street. I can see an elderly couple here. We had all those experiences. That's fine. But no, my point. no, no, but my point is, I'm not gonna let somebody say, well, yeah, that was a black experience. But if you actually were in the CUNY homes in Third Ward, that's a blacker experience. I get it, and that's it. the and problem I, I, when yeah. we're saying what's blacker. I know,
4: I know, but I mean, and that's to BS. me, I know, but Marcellus is just—I mean, I agree, disagree is not worth that much time. What I am saying is, he <laughs> is He's oh, not. Hold on, hold on, hold on actually, he actually, is not to me. No no, 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 but if no, I'm no, still no, entitled no, to my own no, opinion. I'm not speaking. I'm, <laughs> see, here's the difference.
3: I'm not speaking specifically to Marcellus.
4: Well, I it's have, his no, commentary. I'm
3: speaking to a whole bunch of people who think like yes. Right. Who's but we're articulating but- what he's saying <laughs> right. and somebody black has to be willing to challenge that yes. notion that that's blacker yes. when it's not yes
4: because you at least have to have that one little drop of blackness because we accept the nomenclature no, of our oppressors no, 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 but if missing, you're rachel no, dolezal don't tell it. me what i'm missing while no, i'm still, still trying to get it. a sentence out <laughs> no because i'm sure. not done talking rachel dolezal right wanted, Lord, she's changed her, not her name to Nakechi. She wanted to be <laughs> black. Yes, she did. God bless her soul. And she has even gone the typical way of the black welfare mom that she's not and gotten in trouble for welfare fraud. God bless her. But she wanted it so bad, and she was only trying to do good things for black people. And everybody, including some people who are right here in this room with me right now, had a real problem with this white she woman. she stupid as hell. Not because she, she was fraudulent. She was dumb and- no, because her work was there, Roland.
3: No, if she worked no, hold standard, on. hold on, hold on, on, stop right there. Hello. Uh, I'm gonna take sixty no. seconds, okay. real quick. Okay. do Do let Nobody criticizing her because of her work. they would criticizing her have being a fake ass black person? But and what I'm saying? The work. No, 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 that, that no, no. And if she had just done the damn work as a white woman, no. she would have been fine. But here's she the point might have about had a drop a black. Here's the point don't about black. We if you have any. I black. what I am saying is that the issue is not. What's your one drop, two drops, three drops? She should. What, I, what I'm saying is, whatever, I don't care about Rachel Dozol. What I'm saying is this here, the fundamental issue that I have is when we are defining who's blacker based upon how, how so if I go, how broke were you? Oh shit, that no, that ain't really black, cause you were broker. How many rats and roaches y'all Oh y'all just had roaches. Shit, y'all had rats and that's roaches. Wrong. Oh hell, y'all everybody, blacker.
4: Everybody shouldn't have to put up their poverty. No, and them. what I'm saying is what, I, <laughs> what I'm saying is when you define blackness, you blacker yes. cuz
1: you were broke. That's
4: dumb yes. as
3: hell. That I, so, is. final
1: comment. I think the goal here, right, that we're having this conversation is to normalize blackness. Right? We want blackness not to be an issue. And to your point, it is, unfortunately, an issue because of the legal and social constructs defined by white people, white supremacy, right? So we live in this context of what is black and what is not, right? And in the case of Rachel, unfortunately, under this construct that we operate she did not make the grade. She didn't, Hence why we got the criticism. No, here's what and I want. so the goal, is, if this goal is to normalize blackness, well, we don't have these debates on who is black, what is black, right. who is blacker, then it really involves... Equity and fighting towards equality, and that involves all people, whether you are black or not. That's all
3: I want. Right here. All of this, every experience that I went through the books, that's blackness. One is not blacker than the other. They're all the black experience. That's what we better wake up and recognize. Going to a break, we come back. Uh, black women's equal pay day, and also what's up with a couple crazy ass cops next to Martin Unfiltered. Life Lux Jazz is the experience of a lifetime delivering top-notch music in an upscale destination. The week-long event is held at the Omnia Day Club Los Cabos, which is nestled on the Sea of Cortez in the celebrity playground of Los Cabos, Mexico. This is also a black experience. The Life Lux Jazz Experience offers the ultimate getaway for discerning jazz aficionados by pairing an upscale international destination with luxury accommodations, fine hot cuisine, top-shelf libations, meaning liquor, breathtaking golf, exhilarating spa health and wellness options, and much more while showcasing some of the biggest names in Entertainment. The second annual Life Lux Jazz Experience continues to build upon its success and heritage with Jazzing Around Los Cabos, a celebratory expansion of accomplishing its goal of sharing all the findings of destination as the offer, including daytime excursions and many concerts, including the Spirit of Jazz Gospel Brunch and Jazz Sunset Cruise. Confirmed guests, comedian actor Mark Curry, Gerald Albright, Alex Bunyong, Raul Madon, Incognito, Pieces of a Dream, Kirk Whalem, Average White Band, Donnie McClurkin, Shalaya, Roy Ayers, Tom Brown, Ronnie Laws, and Ernest. Corals. Folks, I'll be broadcasting Roland Martin Unfiltered uh, from Los Cabos those two days. Go to lifeluxjazz.com lifeluxjazz.com for more information. Would love to see y'all there. Okay, this story was absolutely crazy. The Royal Oak Michigan police are apologizing to Devin Myers for stopping him for allegedly looking at a white woman. Alright. She's looking at me too
6: Kamiko, and I am in Royal Oak, Michigan. I was um going to the CVS over here when this young man is stopped because a caucasian lady said that he looked at her suspiciously and he has been pulled over walking to go to eat by two police officers for suspicion of being black and looking at the caucasian woman.
3: What that's insane. Well the white woman called nine one one and said he's an African American male. American male. I don't know what his deal is, but it's making me not feel very comfortable. He's looking at me.
4: Yeah, that's why we kneel. That's why we protest. That's why we fight. Because he could have ended up dead from looking. what she did. For 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 me, that is what this is all really about. The fact that in 2019, we are in the exact same place. That could have been 1958
3: and- 54, that, that's Till. That's, a. that's 50, That as, young as, as, man. As, or when you go to the lynching, lynching memorial, most of those people who were lynched, when you read the placards there, oh, he was leering at a white right. woman. Right. Yes. Right. He spoke to a white woman. Hmm? One was Lynch, because he said hello to a white woman.
4: Yes.
3: It's, again, it's the same
1: sort of narrative that plays out time and time again that we've seen, unfortunately. You know, I think that in some ways, black and oppressed and brown people should be doing the same thing. Whenever a person, non-white, or whenever a white person looks at us, awkward, we should call the white person looking at me. Right, we should feel as if our life is threatening. Because there have been many times Except I have been in the District be. of Columbia... I mean, and that's real. Right, where well, a white person has been staring at me, whether it's my hair, my sweater vest, my bow tie, or whatever the case is, and I've been almost threatened to call the police. And in some cases, I actually did particularly when the white nationalists came to D.C. to march. Uh, safe. Right. And so it's I called the police and said, I feel threatened. I'm 5'7 and a quarter. Yeah. I'm 135 pounds. I feel threatened.
3: And I think yep. we need to incorporate and do the same thing. Okay, tell us feel threatened. Check this story out. Yeah, I know what time it is. I'm white. I got you, Carl.
6: Illegally selling water with our permit.
4: On my property. Whoa! Hey!
3: Right now, I'm uncomfortable. Well, it's not Moniz Galvinson, Texas, but it is Dallas, Texas. Check out this white man at the post office, y'all.
2: Sir,
4: really?
2: No, oh, I'm going to a you closer. Really, this is not It's not, it's not, it's not, It doesn't matter. They're playing a full-time legitimately outraged. Well, you can be that way, but you don't. I don't care! Clearly. Clearly, dude. I don't care. Shut up. Wow. Give me the farm, you fool. (laughs) Yeah, can you say? Give me the farm, you asshole. You fucking jiggaboo. Give me the fucking farm.
3: Oh. Can, can you
2: submit police a phone swear? Yeah, right it? now. Give me a phone, you
3: fucking nigga! Ooh! Oh, no, oh,
2: no. that's a... Guys, give me a phone, nigga! Ooh!
3: Oh, wow. Now, I'm not quite sure if it, he has stuff on his belt. that don't know if he was carrying a gun. It's open to carry. Don't, don't know there, but, uh... I mean, what do you say to that?
1: This is America.
4: Yeah, mental illness is real. Okay, that man was not just having I, a whiteness. I, I, I don't think that's issue. no clue. Nah, that really? no, 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 that, oh, that was. not really. Oh, you you think you think that was a sane person who because of their whiteness ha- was yes. doing yeah. all of that. Yes, 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 it was. Okay. Yeah. Just like the white man right. in Ohio. Just
1: like the white man right. in Ohio, like like man in Ohio he, who, he who, who knows that's wrong to say. You do not okay. call somebody a jigaboo. That's a specific context I can't with of the y'all term. because no. if I was Absolutely.
4: sitting on all on it, on crazy ass black people.
3: You remember? You remember the white man in Ohio who had the uh, the, uh, I think he was an electrician. Yes. Uh, and remember, he filed a black person home and he was uh, giving them the finger and calling the N word. And then uh, a week later, I'd have lost my business, right. I'd have lost everything. You, uh, i mean, sorry.
1: Jigaboo, nigger, coon, you know those are offensive terms to people of color, particularly black people. Hey. That's not mental illness. Now, he might have had a mental illness.
4: How, Granted, how, how is it not mental illness to say out loud what you know I
1: better guess, but, but, I guess, yes. specifically targeting a group of people, or person, rather. And that brother, I think, was Africa because he had an
3: accent. Right? Mm. So... <laughs> he wasn't even a regular black person. Uh, I did not say that. Sorry, hey, I did there we go. <laughs> all right, y'all. I saw this video here, so I got a couple more. I saw this video here, and every white person should absolutely, positively, in fact, I want all y'all to download did this video and dialogue? send this to all of your white <laughs> friends. Monique, all of your colleagues should watch this video. <laughs>
6: Why did you call money? Hi, fellow white people. Are you having a sad because that family's enjoying a picnic in the park while being black? Did that customer in front of you just speak a language that makes you irrationally angry? Well, this is a great time to try. Mind your own f***ing business. With Mind Your Own F***ing Business, you'll be able to grow the fuck up and act like a decent f***ing human being. Our patented technology allows you to pull your head out of your ass and see the world beyond the brim of your MAGA hat.
5: Hi, honey. I saw some black people at the Starbucks today. Did you mind your own f***ing business? I sure f***ing (laughs) did.
6: Stop bothering those nice people today with mind your own f***ing business.
5: Side effects may include not harassing
1: people, no one getting arrested or murdered by police, a general sense of well-being for people of color, a lack of internet fame and or trolling and coexistence. Please consult your doctor if you are still a piece of shit after minding your own f***ing business as the symptoms may be a result of a deeper problem and require further treatment.
6: Now available at Anthropology and
4: Whole Foods. Love it,
1: <laughs> love it. As Monique is giving you the side eye, I
3: don't care. <laughs> Way to go, Cat Adele. Love it. Next time, y'all run the one with no bleeps. Mind your own fucking business. That's a great product. So, all of you, if you're looking for a Christmas gift, for all of your white friends, give them this video as a gift. I think it's a great. All right, y'all. Power, season six, the final season of course, uh, kicks off this Sunday. We were at Essence, we caught up with the Black Benjamin Button, Lorenz Tate, and Rotimi. Here is our conversation.
8: We'll glad Rotimi got his damn shirt on today. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm happy he got his shirt. I'm glad you pointed that out, because you know what I'm saying? I had to make sure that when he got into the Sprinter van today, I said, put you, because he just had his jewels on and all his tattoos. I said, man, put on the shirt. And all, you know, he just said, all right, I'm going to throw this t-shirt on. And
3: y'all, he didn't walk out and, like, unbutton his shit. Now, he walked out all open and every damn thing, and I'm like, button that shit up. <laughs> You know, when you're Scotch, you have to do it for the ladies. But you have to do it for the ladies. Yes, ladies. Uh (laughs) They they were like button that shit up. It's cold. Uh, Yeah, it's gonna catch a cold. That's how
8: he does it, man. It's in the dead of winter. We're in New York filming. He steps out of the trailer with his his whole, I'm like, what are you doing, man? Uh
3: When you're a sexy Nigerian Scotch, you make decisions that, you know, it's cool.
8: I can't wait to Dre get killed. I
3: can't wait. (laughs)
8: Listen, it's a great season that's coming up season six. My man Ro is incredible. No one can play Drake quite like he has. He's been incredible in all of the cast members. I'm so happy to be a part of it. I think that this season is probably the best one because we'll be able to get a chance to see who people really are, what they're about, and get in their minds and go on the road with them. And all of the worlds are coming together. And it's a beautifully um, you know, crafted season. I'm so, I'm so happy. Oh, wow. I'm just surrounded by legends. Oh man, legendary.
3: legendary. Oh, look who roll up. Look at, all, well, look at all fly. Look at you. Oh, oh cool. You know you cool. You know you're cool. you cool. No, no. They want to holler at you. Get over here. They want to holler at you. This is
8: a legend. Look at all the
3: smooth and everything.
8: Congratulations on the new movie. He's doing big things as well. It's so great to see you. Bless you, man. It is wonderful to be seen. Yes, yes, 100%. Yes, How you doing always movie? good to see you, baby. Oh, always good to see you, too.
3: You still big pimping. Man, I'm so happy to see you on network television and scolding people and keeping them straight. Well, I, I, right? I just got an email. I'll be on ABC this week in two weeks, so I'll be bringing the phone. I'll be watching. All, All right, right. Baby. good to see you. All right, good seeing you. So... Not only we got power. First of all, before I go there, more people want your ass killed than J.R. Ewing. That I'm doing my job. He's doing his job. Then I'm doing my job. You know, when, as an actor, man, when you can make people feel something, you've done something amazing. You know what I mean? He's been doing it for 25 years, so 30
8: years, 35 yeah, yeah, years, 30, yeah. 50 years. You know, age, yeah, right, right. he's actually 75 <laughs> years old. Like. And,
3: and, 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 a and, and matter of fact, you done messed up, up so much. They want to kill your ass, too. That's how
8: it goes. You know what I'm saying? Listen, I feel like this. Either you're going to love us or you hate us, yeah. one or the other. Yeah. And I'm cool yeah. with it. Don't, don't have it in the middle. In the middle ain't it. So yeah. I'm happy to play one of the bad guys, man. Yeah. And I got to say this. Thank you for doing what you were doing with the Frederick Douglass, the speeches that needed to be heard on 4th of July, the real deal from our perspective. So I appreciate you doing what you was doing, man. I appreciate it, my brother. love.
3: Season 6 Power. Y'all be sure to watch it. Four. 8 p.m. this weekend. Check it out. All right, folks. Uh, I told you that tomorrow uh, is Black Women uh, Equal Pay Day, uh, which is a critically important uh, day, of course. Now, now, how many people even know about that? Uh, so, hopefully, uh, if you black, you will be. If you have the full black experience, Monique, uh, then you will be actually celebrating that. Uh, and of course, it's the approximate day of Black Women Must. It's, it's the approximate day which Black Women must work into the new year to make what white non-Hispanic men made at the end of the previous year, the 2019. Wage for wage gap for Black women and men is sixty-one cents. Joining me right now is Jocelyn Fry, senior fellow at the Center for American Prog- Pro- Progress. Jocelyn, um, sorry to uh, come to you late, but this is so. When we talk about taking this long, so essentially, we got to go eight months into a year before right. a Black woman makes what a white man made last year.
6: That's exactly right. Wow. Um, It's hard to believe, but I think it just really, um, you know, makes the point that black women are working at a significant pay disadvantage. And this year have to work almost eight full months into the year to equal what white men earned last year. And the real question is why? And we need to focus on that. Oftentimes, when we talk about the pay gap, we just talk about the 80-cent gap, right? But that's the one that's familiar. That's the one that women have generally. But it's really important to talk about the fact that black women are even paid less. And if we wanna fix it, we actually have to be intentional about what the problem is, and hone in on what are the strategies to fix it.
3: And what we also are dealing with here is, look, even when you are a black woman who's a college graduate, what you're making compared to a high school person, high school graduate who is white, is a stark difference.
6: Right, well, that's exactly right. And and it it defies the narrative that we often tell people that if you go to school and improve your education, your wages will go up. And while that's generally true, it doesn't actually fix the gap. In fact, in some cases, it, it, the gap gets larger. So while black women's wages go up, sure, it's, it's important to get additional education. It doesn't change the fact that you're still at a pay disadvantage when you're compared to your counterparts in college or graduate school um, uh, or even other forms of education. So we have to get at the fact that uh, even when, when folks are doing better, and doing the hard work, they're still being paid um, at a disadvantage.
3: What two things do you think should be done to change this? And who who does it? Is it corporate America? Is it federal government? Who does it?
6: Well, I think there's something for everybody to do. The first thing is that we clearly need to strengthen the law. Um, We need to make clear that, you know, if a black woman, for example, believes that she's being paid um, unfairly, not simply because she's a woman, not simply because she's black, but because she's a black woman. We ought to be clear that she can bring that, that claim and win. Um, there's some courts that recognize those claims. So there's some courts that don't. We ought to make sure that black women and any worker has access to basic pay information. They should know what the pay gap is, and they should know that pay gap broken down by race and ethnicity. Those are things that they can we can mandate That employers do. But there are also legislative proposals that we can pass. There's also more that we can do around enforcement. The government um, pays millions of dollars to companies as federal contractors. They should be doing better oversight to really look at not simply pay disparities, but pay disparities experienced by Black women. So there are a range of things that
3: employers can do it well. All right, Jocelyn Fry, senior fellow of the Center for American Progress. We certainly appreciate it, thank you so very much. And folks, again, tomorrow is Black Women's Equal Pay Day. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right, then. So, all right, folks, that's it for us today. We went a little long, but uh, blame it on Monique, okay? It was really There's her a fault. Black
4: woman <laughs> named Kamala Harris who has a... Mending the pay gap plan as part of her proposals. Yeah,
3: thing. I know, I know. I, Check I, it I out. I know. Tomorrow's Black Women's Day, <laughs> so that's the story tomorrow. So can you allow us to have a show? I mean, we appreciate you want to. Apologize. You trying to be in today's show and uh, tomorrow's show. Uh But yeah, yeah, thank you so much. Uh huh. Leave my remarks. Is that, is that, is leave your remarks? <laughs> yeah, like in Congress. Why don't you well, leave your written, your written and revised experience. remarks? Huh? <laughs> Did she have the authentic black experience? Ah, uh, Is she truly speaking for black women? Right. Ah, that's a good point right there. We'll see. I say
4: she's a black woman.
3: What do y'all she think? is, and I support. Oh hell, we're not being covered that. Day. That's the mother dumbass people who don't believe that. All right, y'all. <laughs> y'all want to support Rolling Martin Unfiltered? Please go to rollingmartunfiltered.com. Every dollar you give go to support this show to make this show possible. Please join our Bring the Funk Fan Club by giving via the Cash App, Square, and register. Uh, we of course have some great things lined up for you uh, over the year. We want to be able to cover this election like nobody else. And again, we speak to the black experience and what is the black experience all of it, which is what we do on this show. And so we want you to support what we do. This is independent. This ain't corporate-owned. Uh, this is, of course, supported by our sponsors, our partners, and also you as well. And so we want you to make that happen. Uh, thank all of you who are watching. Of course, uh, last month, my man told me we would uh, exceeded more than 8 million views across all of our platforms. And we launched this show September 4th of last year. About 170,000 YouTube subscribers. Uh, we now uh, have 350,000. We've doubled our subs in eight years, So we certainly appreciate all that you have done. All right, folks, I got to go. Also, let me say this here. The shirt I have on, it was a one-woman play done at the Progressive National Baptist Convention uh, out of Atlanta. Uh, The Fannie Lou Hamer story was an unbelievable production. and So they gave me the shirt, so I told them I was going to wear it on the show. And so uh, that's why I'm wearing it. So if y'all see... Uh, the Fan Lou Hamer uh, story coming to your town. You don't want to miss it. It's an unbelievable show, so please check it out. And I can't wait uh, till we see Fan Lou Hamer on the big screen. I told you, Tavia Spencer, when I interviewed her for the James Brown movie, uh, Get On Up, said she would love to play Fan Lou Hamer. And so, uh, let's see actually what happens with that. All right, y'all. I got to go. I see y'all. Stay black. All the way black.
8: Holla! Even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life.
0: No purchase necessary. BTW, we prohibited by loss. See terms and conditions 18. Plus.
2: Are you looking for the perfect move in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home
5: financing provided by victory mortgage llc nmls 461249 equal housing lender